Creating your own reality. Is it possible for me? I am Jennifer K. Hill, the Consciousness Architect, and I am here to tell you that it's not only possible, it's closer than you might think. Welcome to the show. Hello, friends, and thank you for joining us for another episode of Regarding Consciousness. I am Jennifer K. Hill, the co-founder of OM.app and OM-Heals.com, and so grateful to also be the host of this show regarding consciousness. We are so grateful to have here with us a new dear friend who I had the privilege of getting to be at a retreat with several months ago and got introduced through our mutual friend, Marsha Weeder, who we've interviewed in the past, and that is Fabian Fredrickson. Fabian is a powerhouse. She has three children and has figured out how to masterfully balance raising a family, being a successful businesswoman, and at the same time, enjoying life. In fact, she takes 14 weeks off every year. And she talks about this in her book, The Leveraged Business. She has been featured in many different places, including Huffington and several other places. And Fabian, it is such a pleasure to have you here today to talk about consciousness in business and perhaps how that relates to the masculine and feminine. Thank you so much for having me. This is going to be a juicy conversation, I have a feeling. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Tell us a little bit about this. Here you are. You're a loving mother of three. You're a wife. You live in Paris. You have an idyllic life that many of us would dream of. How did you get here? What is the secret to happiness? <laughs> I think there are several secrets to happiness. But I will start with this idea that many of us who identify as women, especially everyone, but especially as women are taught to put the needs of others before our own. And I believe the opposite. I believe that each of us can have it all, whatever all means to us. And this is not about picking up a societal way of what having it all looks like. I got, I fell into that trap 15 years ago, but it's more about looking into your heart and really listening hard for what is it that makes you truly happy. I know this sounds somewhat like a cliche, but I find that a lot of people are walking around their life and their business and wondering, is this all there is? And why am I, whether I'm 30, 50, 60, 40, 70, why am I not having more pleasure in my life? I'm not sure that we actually use the word pleasure, but I think there is this emptiness where we're not truly fulfilled. And so my view on it, to give a long answer to your short question, is really giving ourselves permission to figure out what our needs are unapologetically. And then boldly going after it to, you know, what can I do to actually be happier and have it all in my life? I'm going to throw this out there. Yes, and dot. I like to hear what the audience is saying as they're watching this with us. And I hear the audience bemoaning and saying, that's daunting. How do we listen, A, listen to our hearts, and B, how do we even begin to understand what our needs are? I feel like so often, whether you're a man or a woman, if you're a man, maybe you have a little bit more practice in it, 
but I don't want to overgeneralize here. I think that a lot of us are taught to put our needs after those of our family, after those of society, after those of that. So share with us a little bit about that. How do we begin that daunting task of identifying our heart's deepest desires or our needs? The, I'll give you some background to understand the context of why I think this way, and then I'll answer your question. I'm bicultural in the sense that I'm half French and half American. In the first 10 years of my life, I was raised in, in Paris and then spent 30 some odd years in the U.S., And the reason I bring this up, and I know that you've lived here in Paris, so you'll understand this, there is a very real theme that goes through almost everything as I see it in in France, which is how much pleasure can I have today? True story. That's why Paris, uh, you have a piece of my heart always. (laughs) So when a waiter comes to, to take your order, he will say, she will say, what would give you pleasure? Mm. Qu'est-ce qui vous ferait plaisir? And instead of saying no problem, you say avec plaisir, with pleasure. And my, whenever I wanted to do something, my father, would, my French father would always say to me, whatever gives you pleasure. And so w- the way I see life, the lens through which I see life is how good can I have it? Mm. And where do I stop and why? Conversely, my 30 plus years in the US were about really witnessing the two concepts of guilty pleasure and sinful pleasure. There isn't a pleasure pleasure (laughs) in the US as I see it. And so this idea of giving ourselves permission to have a delicious life and put our needs before the needs of others to say no to set boundaries is i think foreign in the us from my experience only and so i think it's this idea of giving ourselves permission by saying i am worthy of putting my needs first and i don't have to be seen as a b-word if I say no, or if I say I'd rather not, or if I say I'm going to take care of my needs. And so I shared all that just to, to put this framework for us to think about this and then really stop and say, and I know this may be difficult for some people who are listening to this, but in, in moments throughout the day to check in and just to say, is this pleasurable? Why am I doing this? Am I putting the needs of somebody else? Would I choose to do this? Is this what I would choose to eat? Is this what I would choose to watch on television today? Is this how I would spend my evenings? Is this really what I want to wear or experience? Or am I doing this for somebody else? And how do I feel in that moment? Do I feel resentful? Do I feel empty? Do I feel like I'm going through the motions? Do I feel like I'm sad? Or do I feel juicy, elated, exalted, on purpose? Do I feel fulfilled? And really just giving ourselves permission. Obviously, we're not going to do this all day long because we have jobs and we have kids and we have obligations. 
but using that word obligation, do I feel obligated to do this or is this a choice, mm. a choice I'm making? And it really is about approaching, we talk about wealth consciousness, but this is about a happiness consciousness. So and just, go ahead. just checking in with our heart, checking in with our feminine. The feminine, as I see it, is an energy of being, receiving, allowing. And I see that many of us, most of us are really tied up with this energy of the masculine of doing and competing and accumulating. Just for the record, I love the masculine. <laughs> I love men. I love the masculine. I dip into the masculine energy of doing and all that. But when unchecked, we forget to just be and have pleasure. I had never really thought of this before this moment, Fabian, though. Reflecting on it, I always used to say in a book I wrote that it's your intention multiplied by your action that equals your happiness or your success. As you just shared that so eloquently, what I just saw in my mind's eye is that your intention is almost that feminine, that desire to give birth to something yet unseen. And the action is that masculine, and you can't have one without the other. If you did all day and there was no intention behind it, no desire, no softness, then you would never get anywhere. And vice versa, if you desired all day and had this longing and this desire and spaciousness to create, and you didn't take action, you would also have no results. So I think it's a beautiful dance of this masculine and feminine as you're intending and acting upon the intentions. If you, absolutely, if you look at nature, everything that works in nature is a combination of the feminine and the masculine. Mm. there is light and dark. And if you only had light, our fruits and vegetables would burn. If you only had dark, our fruits and vegetables wouldn't be able to grow. Mm. There is wet and dry. There, is, there are times of growth and times of hibernation. And it is absolutely the dance between the feminine and the masculine that works in nature. But see, we've intellectualized as humans that we are separate from nature. But a bird is an animal and a human is an animal, <laughs> right? And when we understand and can allow the consciousness of we are animals too, however strange that sounds, and we need both action and being then things begin to work with us. And so if we were to really pay attention to, if you think about all the things that aren't working in our world today, it's because there's an overabundance of one energy and not the other, right? So if we were to do that within ourselves and on a practical level, say no more often, we would find that balance. And I'll give you an example that's a little bit controversial. I have three kids, you mentioned that. When my oldest was starting to compete in swimming, she wanted to join the swim team. And the swim practices were from 6 to 8 p.m. every weekday. And 
So if you think back to the context of pleasure, like for me, I'm not French, like dinner is everything. <laughs> this is the time when we're commu commune. This is the time where I get creative and put something nice on the table with whatever time and resources I have. And I was not okay with driving a half an hour. So getting there at six, waiting until eight and then driving back every night of the week. And where the other moms said, this is just the way it is. We'll just eat at five. I just thought, I, this is not part of my ideal life. I realize how controversial that can be because we are, especially as women, to put the needs of our children before our own. But I said, we can do this, but I don't want to be the one driving every day. I'll do it once in a while, but what else can we do? And we found a solution with a carpool and an au pair and all of the things. But when I tell that story to many women, they just wouldn't even have thought about saying no and setting boundaries around their own pleasure. It's the same thing with work. So I've been a business coach for 22 years. I've worked primarily with women, tens of thousands of women. And they'll come up to the mic and say, I just don't think I want to be in business anymore. And because they're doing hustling, they're so in their masculine energy that they forgot to enjoy themselves. They forgot to take a vacation. They forgot to leave their laptop at home so that they wouldn't be saying at the pool or at the beach, one more email and mommy will be right there. And so really this is an investigation in the concept of self-worth. Do I get to have a nice life too? I really respect and admire, Fabian, that you are walking this fine line that you can feel the feathers getting ruffled as some people are like, ah, I'm not going to listen to any more of this. But I bet you're still listening for just a minute longer because you too might be asking yourself, how could I take 14 weeks off a year and still have a deep relationship with my husband and family and still have a wealthy business making seven figures a year? And so I invite you to share a little bit more, Fabian. You just gave such a deep and juicy example of something that's okay. There is a way to have both. It's not an either or world, either my pleasure or my children's pleasure. Insert whatever you want there, either my pleasure, my husband, my whomever's pleasure, my colleague, my boss. It doesn't have to be that way. So how did you come up with these eight principles to be able to take 14, not even take, I want to remove the word, cancel, cancel, to enjoy 14 weeks of vacation every year and enjoy your time with your family and enjoy having an abundance of money to be able to share with everybody? How did you do that? And what are some of the eight tips that you share? I'd be happy to describe it. It was, it was many dark nights of the soul. So when I first started my business 22 years ago, it was like, oh my God, I got to get clients, got to make money. I just wanted to make, I, I really wanted to make 3000 a month. I thought that would just be like ideal. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> and what I realized is that first period, just to get to six figures was really a lot about hustle for me. It was about it's just me, all hands on deck, no excuses approach, get out there, network, speak, learn, hustle, hustle, Fabienne, hustle. And I got to six figures and 
I got married, we got married, we had a baby. And I, we, my husband and I used to have this thing where I would call him every time I got a new client and I'd say, honey, I'm bringing home the tofu. I know this sounds cheesy, but that was like our little joke between the two of us. I <laughs> probably shouldn't share out loud, but. <laughs> <laughs> and so every time I got a new client, I would call him. And one day I just called him and I said, honey, I got a new client today. And Derek is always and continues to be the most supportive person I know. And this this time there was quiet on the line. And he said, that's great, honey. Do you think you can handle more clients? We never see you. And it was, I got where he was coming from, but it was like a punch in my gut around but wait, I know I'm supposed to be in my heart. I know there's more for me. And long story long, <laughs> long story short, I realized around that time that what got me here at six figures, the hustle wasn't going to be getting me to multiple six figures and eventually seven figures with my life back. So I realized that in the beginning, it's all about doing. But once you're ready to leverage your business and actually have it scaled without being in the day-to-day -day operations of your business, you need to do less better. And it's all about leveraging every aspect of your business, thinking more, doing less. And I wrote a book called The Leveraged Business because women... A few years later, I'd figured it out. And when they said, how are you at seven figures with three kids and all of that? I said, I reverse engineered it. And I said, you know what? I leveraged the team. Mm -hmm. Instead of doing everything myself, I started delegating. I leveraged my time. I started looking at, okay, if you apply the 80-20 rule to your business and how you use your time, 20% of your activities are producing 80% of the results. Mm. If you're looking at it, like let's say it's a 10 hour day, only two of those hours are producing results. The other eight hours, you're just busy. And I started giving myself permission to put things on pause, to delegate, automate, eliminate those 80% of activities, which meant I had so much more time I decided to leverage systems. Why am I generating everything where systems run by other people could produce results? I leveraged my business model. Instead of one-to-one, -one, I started doing more one-to-many, leveraged my marketing to be more about assets, marketing assets rather than activities, and so on and so forth. And again, this, uh, this is leverage. The way I see it, leverage is an act of self-love where you say, can I have a business that scales? Can I have a great financial abundance in my life? Can I allow myself to do almost only the things that I love in my business and none of the things I don't, and really tap into my unique brilliance and the divine guidance that is being given to me, will I allow myself to set things up 
so that everything can run a lot with, I'm not saying all without me, but then I can take that. I don't have to work evenings and weekends and I can set everything up so that I can take pretty much unplugged vacations. Once I realized this, I realized how powerful the concept of leverage is. And if you think about it, it's the combination of feminine and masculine where you set that intention, like you mentioned, of this is the result I want, but how can I get that result without putting that much of my effort into it? So just using a lever, put a little bit of pressure and get great results. It's really incredible when you tap into this idea of leverage. I think I was just listening to some podcast or article recently where it was discussing how if you took two people and one person worked really hard and the other person didn't work as hard, you're going to respect the person who works harder, maybe even if they make less money. And so there's some sort of psychological blockage. And this, I think, was actually speaking about men in this case, that there's some sort of psychological blockage we have, not just around women, but around men too, where it's frowned upon. It's like, oh, what's wrong with you if you're not putting in 100 hours a week? There's something wrong where I think that as the global consciousness shifts, as we shift the consciousness of humanity of one from do have into one of flow and ease and to your point, leveraging things, then that's really actually, I would have never expected to share this, but I'll share a funny story that happened when I was building a school in Senegal in 2019. So it was my second school I'm building. And I was there with my dad, which was incredible. And we're in this remote village about two hours outside of Dakar. And there were a couple of astounding things that happened while I was there. I'll share with you one of them. So I'm there and the local women are building the school alongside of us and we're all collaborating. And of course, it gets so hot in Senegal that the second half of the day, we would do cultural things. So on this one particular day, I'm having a talk with all of the women in the village, probably I think 40, 50 women ranging from the youngest women to the oldest matriarchs in the village. And here it is, a highly Muslim population. So most women are five, six, seven wives, sometimes four wives to one husband. So being from Western culture, I, you know, I hope it's okay to ask you this, but I'm just wondering, what is it like for you to be one of four or five or six wives? And the women just started laughing riotously. They're like, we do not understand you crazy Western women. They're like, how on earth do you plan to please your husband, cook the dinner, mind the farm, mind the children and do it all with one wife? They're like, you're crazy. <laughs> oh my God, I just got chills. I would not have expected that. Yeah. And it just was so funny to hear their perspective that it took such a burden off of them. And to your same point, it just makes me think of your leveraging book and your story about when we try to do it all ourselves, we find ourselves depleted, exhausted, resentful, bitter. And yet when we allow community, I'm not saying anybody has to go out and have more. I'm not running out and getting a second wife for my husband, but I'm listening. <laughs> I'm not saying that. So I'm saying look at sister wives where it's just friends that you have, like probably the sister wives that you had of the women who helped you to create the carpool and the au pairs to have it all work. I think that same village mentality of how can I help prepare your food? How can I help take your kids to school? How can we have it all? I think that was the thing that's been missing for the last several centuries and the last millennia 
as we've gone into a more technologically advanced society, we've become more and more segregated and separated rather than looking for that unitive consciousness that allowed us to flourish for millions of years. If you think about it and you really study the difference between yin and yang, feminine and masculine, you understand that masculine energy, the yang energy is a very solo energy where the yin feminine is a community energy. And for thousands of years, the masculine has been rewarded, which is why we look at somebody and unless they're doing something at all times of the day, we think they're lazy, right? Because that's not celebrated and rewarded currently in our society. And the whole idea of community is a very feminine energy. And it's also what I would call, I don't know if you know the concept, you probably do because you're well learned, the concept of wu-wei, effortless living. Okay, this I think you'll really enjoy. It's the idea that it's non-action, how you can use the concepts of nature effortless living, non-attachment, non-pushing, non-action to actually create a life you want. And it's this concept of levers and allowing, which is again, a feminine energy, receiving surrender to what life wants to bring you. And one concept within Wu Wei that I just learned recently is that most of nature is feminine with a little masculine, right? And think about grass growing. We don't force grass to grow. (laughs) We allow, we surrender, we receive, we let go of the white knuckling, and we just let things happen according to the way that they want to happen. But we've been taught, and I've certainly done this, this is still a practice for me, we've been taught to force everything instead of allowing. And so part of that, part of creating a business that that you love is after a while, not trying to have a hand in everything, not trying to control everything and do everything yourself. Sure, pray and move your feet, but you don't need to be the one doing all the delivery, all the marketing, all the strategy. Allow, surrender to the team and the systems. Same thing with your life. If you have the resources, allow someone to help you, whatever that looks like. If it's somebody who would like to help you clean your house, allow that. If you can't afford that, then maybe trade like trade babysitting one Saturday with another woman who needs it too. Allow yourself to be helped. Allow yourself to not have to do everything. Woo way, effortless living. Wouldn't that be great? What if we could all have an effortless and easy life? I remember years ago, it was actually a lovely gay guy I was in San Francisco with and we we're having lunch. And he worked at a law firm I worked with. And he said, Jen, every day before I leave the house, I say, universe, may I have a day filled with ease and effortlessness. Mm-hmm. And that has my, been my mantra ever since I met him over 10 years ago. I hope you're listening out there one day. You know, because it is amazing when we just allow that wu-wei, that ease, that grace. And if we can extend that to ourselves and others, I think it's one thing to say, oh, okay, I'll extend somebody else a little grace or myself. But how do we have it in both? 
Fabian, clearly you and I could talk for hours about this and we'll need to have you on again. I would love to share with our listeners where they can find more information on you, on the incredible book you've written, on the courses you offer. Where would they go to do that? Oh, thank you. My website is boldheart.com, like putting your ear to your heart, listening hard, and then boldly going after it. You'll find my book there, The Leveraged Business, lots of goodies, freebies, and you can follow me on all the social media channels, Fabienne Fredrickson or Fabienne Fred or just Fabienne. Just typing it up, you'll find me. Thank you, Fabienne. Any last thoughts or words of wisdom that you'd love to leave our audience with today? I really would just like to underline the concept that you are worthy of having a delicious life, having it your way. And it's really just asking yourself, where do I stop? and why and just that investigation will just will give you some breadcrumbs as to where to go next Mm, i love that where do we stop and why and i love the synchronicity of this as you said having a delicious life and another guest we had had on recently the co-founder of humanities team steve farrell was talking about the deliciousness of life and they say that when you hear something more than one time within a week or so the universe is cultivating it's offering it's encouraging us to embrace this. So for those of you listening, tuning in, Fabian Fredrickson has been here with us today, helping us to explore, dance with, play with our feminine masculine energies, and to inquire into how can we have a delicious life? What is stopping us from having it all? So I invite us all to go out, inquire into this, and explore who we are and what our heart is calling for us to do. I am Jennifer K. Hill, and it is always a pleasure to have you here with us. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us today for another episode of Regarding Consciousness with Jennifer K. Hill. We would love it if you would take a moment and write a review for us or rate us on Apple Music, Spotify, Amazon, or whatever your favorite podcast platform is. And if you'd like to stay in touch and find out about upcoming events with some of the amazing guests we've had on the show, like Deepak Chopra and other world thought leaders, feel free to join my email list at metabizics, M-E-T-A-B-I-Z-I-C-S dot com. Again, that's metabizics.com. And you can go ahead and join our email list there. Thanks so much. And we look forward to having you join us next week.